G'day guys, welcome back to this week's episode of Dylan Friends. Huge, huge week. Um, so excited to get this guy on the show. I've been wanting to chat with him for a long time. He's been someone I've really admired um, in the business world and someone I've been really lucky to know for a long time now. Um, it goes back to sort of, I met him when I first started playing footy and I suppose when I started my footy journey, he was on his business journey and to see what he's been able to do now um, is really, really incredible. It's Julian Moosey. Uh, he hates these titles, but he's the you know director of Only Hospitality Group and Inglewood Coffee Roasters. Um, he's done some awesome things, and yeah, he basically started his his first cafe when he was about 21 years of age, um, playing footy down at Box Hill, and has been able to grow his uh, hospitality group to over 40 cafes all over Melbourne. Um, and he's really been one to set the tone, for a lack of a better words, in the cafe industry in Melbourne. Um, and he's doing such an incredible job. He's also, you know, opening restaurants and bars now and little bakeries. But yeah, his business has been awesome, and I've definitely learned a lot from him over my time. So I thought it'd be awesome to get him in to have a bit of a chat about, you know, how it all started, um, his setbacks, um, you know, the do's and don'ts of starting a business. Because um, yeah, I've really enjoyed you know talking to successful people like this because I feel like anyone starting a business, you can just learn so much from people that have been there and done that. Um, before so yeah it was it was super important for me to get him in and, and have a chat but yeah the lessons that he has um, you know that he's done, been there done that are, you know invaluable and all businesses can like relate to each other in some way it's probably something I've learned in the last two years I think most people already know that but for me I didn't realize how much businesses are really intertwined and you can take a model from something and then move it into something else yeah he's doing awesome things um, I love his you know his work ethic and and the way he you know so passionate about his business um, and his lifestyle so it's been a big big inspiration for me and what we're doing here at, at Dylan Friends and List Cloggers and Producey and and yeah just love surrounding myself with with like-minded people that are real just go-getters and um, that is what Moosey is so yeah hopefully um, you enjoy this episode and hopefully you take out of it as much as I have um, it's one that, yeah, hopefully, you know, if you're starting a business or, or thinking about, you know, doing something like that, it's one that you can, you can really take some valuable lessons out of. So let's go. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Welcome to the Dylan Friends podcast. Many ways I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. Tears. 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 Strength. I'm like, I run. She's like, yeah. everyone runs. I'm like, but does everyone go to Me- the Olympics? <laughs> They're sitting there meditating going, oh my God, I think I'm meditating. How this is for meditating? It's like, <laughs> they had a Wu-Tang call. I was like, yo, Dylan, thanks for getting us in. Just love it's it. knuckle puck time. Yeah. It's like, it's like, <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Julian Moosey, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Jeez, I've been excited to get you in and chat shop. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, mate. Thank you for having me. I was that, actually a bit chuffed when you gave me a ring and asked, so it was good. No, no, you're a. Um, I'm not going to give you those titles that you hate, but you know, founder, entrepreneur, oh, uh, yeah, CEO, cringe. big dog. It's um, it's been incredible to see you uh, do what you've done. Um, we we're chatting off air just before about how we met. Now you thought that we used to play like VFL together you, oh, before realizing that you're like ten years older than me. <laughs> Five. You're a fossil. You're a bit of a fossil <laughs> these days. Five years older, but no, the first time we met was actually at your first cafe in right, Nicholson Street. Okay. I actually can't, I, you know, you have those like funny memories where you like go back <clears> and think about things that like happen. They're very like distinct. I remember I was sitting there with my manager 
and well, in your little cafe, who's the that? annoying brother. Who's, like, the, who's the manager? Nick Geeshan. Oh, and, yes, it's all come yeah, back to me. Yeah, yeah and we're sitting in that cafe, we're, we're sitting there, and I think he was just giving me some terrible news, like, yeah, I think they're going to put you on the rookie list next year, <laughs> mate, or something like that. And I remember it was this <laughs> tiny cafe, and you're just sitting there, and like, I don't know if you could hear the conversation, but I'm like borderline crying, but I'm like, fuck, this is good latte. But I'm borderline crying at the same time. Yeah, right. I, 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 um, I, I forgot, I actually, I thought we um, we met in 2000, yeah, when I, when, uh, I was at the, the Bull Ants um, in 2007. I saw, obviously, we've got a lot of mutual friends. So I was yes. actually, I, I've forgotten it's all sort of blended into one of, um, you know, all over the years, but that does definitely, it brings back memories, yeah. definitely. It was annoying, brother. And when I remember Eddie Kern, I used to also come in and uh, back in the day as well, but um, yeah, bits happened since then, Jill, hasn't it? It Those definitely things. has. It definitely has. A lot has happened since then. And um, yeah, Ed Kerner was the, the first one to really show me your venues because obviously you had that football connection with him. But yeah, to see what you've done now, mate, it's been unbelievable. And I was, I was sort of thinking about this before, like where we met and then, you know, two years later we met again at a networking dinner. Yep. Um, for, at Tinker? At, no, no. Wasn't before it? there was two more. There was two networking dinners. There was one where you came to the club and you were speaking That's with right, Andy yeah, Lee yeah. and Erica yep. from Frank Body. Yeah. And she was doing the coffee scrubs. You were doing your cafes? Yep. I have a very good memory. Yeah, you do. And I, yeah, yep. I, actually, I forgot about that. Yeah, so right. you, you were talking, sort of telling your story and it's been like unreal to see because I sort of saw you right at the start when you had your first cafe to then when you probably had two or three. Yeah. And then five years later when you had, you know, 10 or 20 to now where you've got Inglewood and uh, only hospitality group. It's been unbelievable to see your growth um, throughout that time, which we'll talk a lot about today. Thanks, Dill. Yeah, no, it's been good. It's um, it's obviously obviously life's been um, a bit of a blur, particularly the last couple of years. What's with uh, what's happened, and I feel like every day sort of been you know uh, mashed up into one. But um, yeah, thinking just sort of uh, you don't get often a time to reflect and mm. think about your relationships and how you met people and. But yeah, that's sort of throw, throw, yeah, it's a big, bit of a throwback to think about that um that session at Carlton. I do remember um, yeah. that night. Um, I actually forgot about it until you mentioned. It. I was like, what? And they're like, oh yeah, shit, that did happen. Um, but yeah, it's sort of um, yeah. I mean, we've uh, as I said, we've got a lot of mutual friends, and we've always ma- managed to sort of stay in touch. I mm. mean, um, frequently, but but when we catch up, it feels like nice. we've, um, yeah, it feels like we haven't missed a beat. So it's good to catch up, mate. So looking forward to talking more about it. Me too, me too. Um, we'll get back to that later, but let's go back to your story. How'd you start? How'd you get into this game? Um, and yeah, how'd you start building your your business? Yeah, so um, uh, I suppose um. Yeah, so started the first Cafe Annoying Brother, which you mentioned before in 2012. But before then, um, had um, some coffee carts at footy grounds and mm. uh, little athletics complexes and all that. And sort of learned how to make coffee in Canberra and, and um, a little bit my dad's restaurant, but sort of really found my love for it in Canberra. Um, was a PT in a past life, mm. sort of around my coffee carts. Um, and then, you know, as a, as a young um, a young bloke, footy was my life back, back in the day. Mm. And... Um, I suppose you, know, you sort of get blinded by anything else. You think, oh yeah, footy, footy, footy. That's it. That's all I want to do. And then, um, yeah, so you have a crack. You know, focus on being really fit and all that. And then, you know, I suppose just something needed to happen where I became a re- realistic about where I was at, um, which was about you know twenty one or twenty twenty one years old. And then, yeah, just um, when I had um, I had a year out of footy from an injury, I um I asked um you know one of the GM at my footy club if I could make some coffee make some coffee there mm. and it sort of just grew from there it was very simple um and so it's funny what happens when you sort of find something that a new baby or a new passion um it takes you away from from whatever else you were focused on and then you realize that there's more more to life than what what you're not saying that the grass is always greener but um it's important sometimes to have that moment mm. um and go with the flow and that's sort of how it all happened fast forward 
Um, we've got 350 staff. We've opened about 30 venues and currently we've sold about 10, 10 or so, but got about um, you know, 18 venues now. So it's yeah, a lot of fun. I love what I do. Um, it's very much a lifestyle, not just a job now. And um, yeah, having a lot of fun. It's been good. It's incredible. Now there's two parts to that. Uh, there's the funny part where I, I read a lot of interviews. I've done all my research. I'm one of the best in the game at just in-depth research. And there's an article coming out. There's probably three articles coming out saying, poor young man does his knee AFL oh. dream gone can we put this to bed once and for all you're not Chris Judd you're not Chris Judd Sorry. okay you're I'm, not the, you, you, you weren't going to win a brown low you weren't you didn't have this heartbroken oh, thing for a that dream that's gone deep, and has it we've got deep. to bury this Mate, now I, 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 know, I was hoping that I know this is a bit of footy talk yeah. on it I was a bit, I was a bit apprehensive. Yeah. I certainly was not going to win the ground. I've put it. I've been wanting to put this to bed yeah. for a long time, and um, you know, I, I feel like um, my um, my footy career. Uh, I'll say that very, very loosely. Uh, is a bit like my enter score. Yeah. Both um, failed miserably, yeah. and, and they both have little effect on what I do today. So um, it's it, it is it's a bit funny, and I get so many messages from. The good thing about that that angle is that it gives my my old teammates a, a reason to message me and yeah so it actually does cause us to sort of um catch up and talk shit together but um but mate look i hate it i hate that it gets yeah. brought up i am um, i did a campaign with um amex and Qantas a, a few months ago just through um inglewood because we buy a lot of our green coffee via amex um from overseas and um and the Sydney um, media company that were doing the article <laughs> wanted to get this. They wanted to start the. They wanted to start the, the, the heading to be AFL uh, AFL star. <laughs> it, oh, I'm, and I said, "Hang on a second. I said, "Mate, if you run with that title, yeah. I'm not doing the campaign. I'll never. Do. I was pissed off. I was yeah. like, but in Sydney and New South Wales, if you play Aussie rules, you're, you're an AFL player, doesn't yeah. matter what level. So I understood, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Mate, I wasn't an AFL player. I wasn't a star. If you go near that, I'm done. Like, he pulled it back, still went with a VFL star. Like, I've had a gut full of this, but I can tell you right now, yeah, it's not the, not the uh, not how it's written. Yeah, yeah. I um, I loved football. I played with it. I enjoyed it, but, yeah, not the case. Still. I thought I'd like to put that to the bed for you because <laughs> I, I know... We've got Boehner in the house now, too. Yeah, Boehner's coming to the show. He's coming to the show. Boehner, my existence. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we'd put that to bed because I know it was something that was... Um, that you like to tell people after a few beers, but I thought it was time the uh, truth came out that that wasn't yep. the case. Um, talk us through that time, though, like starting those coffee carts um, at games, like you're going to... You, you're sort of in a like career transition. You said you're a PT, you're playing footy. Mm-hmm. Then you got to start in these coffee carts. Like you're going to other games on the weekend, you're going to little ass tracks, all these things where I can imagine, like at the moment, I've, I'm a really big fan of... Um, there's this thing at the moment called the Great Resignation where we yeah. see so many like you know younger people going, no, fuck this, I'm going to start a new career and do something that's a bit different. And a lot of people question it and they go like, that's so strange. Like, what the fuck is... You know, Moosey's already doing this, he's doing his PT, he's got these things. Was there teammates who were just like, what are you doing, mate? Like, what what is going on with starting this like coffee thing? Is that is it going to even work? Yeah, there was a bit of that. Like, um, you know, I, I was in my... Um, you know, if I rewind back, I'd um, wear my um, my boxhill trackie, mm. and I'd help the guys out in the machine. Like I remember, I think there's once Nathan Buckley came back and played a VFL game um, back from injury, and the the crowd was massive, um, and we were the only ones selling coffee. So the the guys I'd work there were getting pumped. I was in my boxhill uniform, um, and I jumped on to help make coffee, mm. and I was getting some funny stares. So. Um, 
you know, three people are like, what the fuck are you doing, Moose? Like, well, sorry, yeah. excuse the French if I'm... No, no, we swear, we yeah, swear. Sorry, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing, Moose? Like, no, I, rem- I do, I don't want to hold, like, I don't, I have a long memory. And I remember those, I do remember the doubters a little bit. So mm. um, there was the element of that. But, you know, Bolt even, I reckon Brennan Bolton, I think he, he coached you. Yeah. For the, yeah, so he was our coach at the time. And I, know, I knew that he didn't really rate it because it looked unprofessional probably to him. But you also got it when your priorities change, you know, you've got to jump in and help. Mm. So there was that element of it. I do remember that, but you know, I don't hold any grudges or anything. It's just sort of people didn't understand. Um, and the great resignation. What did what 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 um what context did you bring that up? Sorry. So- well, just in terms of like you, you're in a, on, on a career path, you're yeah. doing things, and even if you're in a good sort of field of work that might look that you're enjoying it to outside people, there's yeah. other times where you go, well, fuck, I want to follow my passion and do what I want to do. And you were saying before, like. Yeah. Not not stealing your own story here, or if it hopefully it's right. But you started doing this, and then it became a career. Like it, it was yeah. a passion first that came a career, versus yep. going, I'm going to get this coffee truck with the idea to have 40 restaurants. Yeah, and, I and, didn't start like yeah. So yeah. the greater resignation. I mean, there is a lot of that. I think a lot of that's because the time. Like, as I said, I said to you off air. I think before mm. to someone that it's hard to sort of um, it's hard to um, have balance at the moment. Like I feel like we've just worked every day the last yeah. two years. Um, and so because now you don't have to work because there's like borders opening up and all that, people are like, oh, let's have a change. Let's make a change. So, I mean, change is good. I mean, it's it's it scares people, but there's nothing wrong with change as long as the motivations are right. Like sometimes I think it's escapism. Um, people, you know, will you know skip town and stuff because um, they're not happy in their current bubble, but that's not going to solve the issue if you mm. just leave town. Like you're sort of just going and then the issues are still there. So... Yes, you're right. Like sometimes there's a, there's a, there's good reasons to, to change um, and start something new, but the motivations need to be pure and mm. need to be um, um, you know uh, they need to be right. The motivations mm. need to be right. They just can't be for the for for bad reasons or get rich quick schemes and all that. Like that doesn't happen very often. Good luck to the people where it happens overnight, but it doesn't happen like that very often you'd, you'd probably know that yeah. know that story as well how how much grind there is to what you do every day and that's the, like the next point i think it's really evident with you and your story is starting a business is probably one of the most humbling experiences you can ever have like yep. you do think you, you you can't have an ego you've got no. to literally drop your ego straight away and just go i'm here i've got to do whatever i've got to do to get it done yeah um talk us through those first like few years of what you were doing when you started your cafes you were you know making the coffees you're eating the meals you were ordering you were doing all these sort of things where yep. at this stage you know you've grown and you know you have people to do that now but it's yeah it you have to really put in the work you do that's like there were so many days i yeah where i cried um and was just like scared a lot of times when you're young and sort of have no fear, you jump into things without really understanding the financial um, sort of the overheads and the risks. And, um, you know, there's so many decisions I've made that have really helped us get to where we are today. But mm. if I had, to, if I was to make those decisions now, I probably wouldn't have done it. Like, yeah. just, just like, like high risk decisions, you mean? Yeah, or like, just it's like, a bit like when you're young, like when you're younger, like when you're a kid, you jump into the ocean and you don't give a shit about the waves, yep. you know, whereas now you start going, oh, are there sharks? Are the, am I going to get in a rip and all this? But when you're young, just do it. And that's very similar to how it was with, with work. Mm. Um, I took on some debt that I, that I wouldn't probably, and, and there's the, the, the things that support that debt back then, I probably wouldn't have done it now. Now it was so risky, but it's helped us so much. So um, there, there's that element of it. So I used to, there was cry, there was tears all the time. I used to do everything back in the day when I couldn't afford to have staff. I, you know, you gave me a bit of shit about the toilet before. <laughs> uh, the toilet, toilets are, I know. It's I, a metaphor, I mean, it's a metaphor, it is. It is. It I've is. copped, I was out for dinner the other yeah. night with a couple of mates and um, 
They're like, oh, Mercy's gonna go clean the toilets for us. Yeah. Something like that, right? Well, it just By the way, Bill, you should clean our yeah. toilets and that'd be kind of better. Yeah, that was <laughs> Sam. Put into context as well. We we'll, were we'll discussing that when you you know you started your business, you were doing everything. You were making the coffees, as we said, but you were cleaning the toilets because that's what you just had to do I to had get to, done. Yeah, I, had to, no, I couldn't afford to, to have people clean. So even now, I'll go to the cafes and um, I check the most like weird things. Mm. I lift the toilets up. I see if everything's clean. I, mm. do, I do it because... I feel like if you get that stuff right, everything in the venue will be right. Um, and I, I know it's strange. I have these little weird OCD. I'm not OCD, but I have these weird little, yeah. I don't know if it's- Intricacies. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, um, I, just, I just think it's, yeah, nothing was ab- above or below me. I just did everything. And um, now it's about hiring good staff and getting out of their way. So I try not to micromanage. I know before we jumped on the machine, I sort of jumped in and yeah, tried you, to, you I was were, really happy not to jump in. very power crazy. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. I had to do it though. I but, was intimidated. Um, I really try not to do that. I'm really aware of um, being a micromanager and, um, you know, I, I like to delega- delegate. I don't, you know, there's dele- you can delegate or abdicate. I, uh, that's the word abdicate. Yeah, but I don't. And I don't, you know, relinquish responsibility. Yeah. I just try to give others more responsibility. So mm. that's important. And um, but back to the other start. So yeah, it was really scary. It was hard. Lot, you know, a lot of um, hard work and nothing at the start. Yeah. Mate. Like I was barely making a dollar the mm. first, um, you know, first year. Um, literally working for below an hourly rate if I was an employee kind of thing. So it certainly didn't happen overnight. You know, not saying that like, you know, I'm, I'm not Elon Musk, but I'm just yeah. saying like. Yeah, things are a bit are good now. Yep. Stressful, but it was very, very tough early days. Very but tough. Early I, I think one of my and again, I'm a very amateur in this business where I've been in for you know one or two years. But one thing I've loved um, and and seeing someone like yourself, which I touched on before, is a ten year overnight success. It's one of my favourite sayings because you look at yourself and and you might see someone now going, "Fuck, you know, Moose, he's done this, he's done that," but. As I said, I, I saw you have that one cafe. I saw you have four. Saw you have you know ten. And now you're at where you are now. So much work has to go in behind the scenes, yeah. and so many people don't know what's actually happening. And it's really hard. Even I found not that you start a business for recognition. Um, you start it because you're intrinsically motivated to do well. Yeah. But you, if you're doing it for anything other than intrinsic motivation, it just doesn't happen. No, I totally agree. I am. Um, you know, there's it's something it's like called the iceberg effect. You see the yacht, the top of the iceberg, but you don't know what's underneath, mm. you know, underwater, and what happens to to get that you know the iceberg i suppose but um it certainly yeah it wasn't um it wasn't overnight it really wasn't there definitely was a you know there, there are points where like things accelerated yeah you know uh, but there were also valleys where it was so scary and risky you know um and yeah you're right you need to be motivated and you need to be passionate i'm really passionate about what i do passionate about coffee passionate about people mm. love creating fun experiences for people and um, and make them come into a space and feel something and, and a bit of a buzz, you know, like whether it be in, in the, the cafes, the pub, the roastery. Um, yeah, definitely um, I'm passionate about everything we do. So it's important. Biggest steps for you had. So obviously Annoying Brother was your first. You've got, uh, you know, other countless cafes now, but what was sort of the model from there? How did you scale up? How did you go, fuck, we're going to open another one. We're going to go again. We're going to go again. Um, so... Um, I, I suppose what I identified earlier was that if I wanted my staff to be able to stay with me long term, um, a couple of things. When we start, I really found it, try to find staff that were really hungry mm-hmm. and were had similar sort of motivations and values as me. So lifestyle driven, really love to work hard, really love to have fun. You know, we say work hard, play hard to, internally. 
but to be able to do that, you need to be able to pay people accordingly. But to be able to pay people accordingly, you need to scale, grow the business so there's more revenue, more profit, and then everyone gets some some pieces of the pie. So um, that's what we did. We um, we found really good people. Um, you know, you know, one of our mutual mates, Tony Pantano, like people like that. Mm. Um, you know, and, and you get them involved, and you get them part of the whole the whole picture. Um, and then you try to, you know, you try to grow the business, you build the revenue, build the profit, you find new opportunities, um, try to vertically integrate the business. And then, yeah, you go from there. So that's been something that we're really proud of. We've got so many staff, you know, for hospitality, which is a really transient industry, apparently. Mm. Well, it is. Of course, you have some of your top, some of your sort of, um, you know, your, your front of house staff that be transient, like maybe one to two year, you know, um, you know uh, work span for you. But our key executive team have been with us for years you know mm. five six seven years so um yeah that's how we sort of scaled it from the yeah with um you know like you were saying before you started at 21 years of age and uh, again I, I said this off the camera before this is a podcast but it's basically like me just asking you fucking questions because i have no idea what i'm doing but how do you know like when to scale and, and one thing that i've probably i'm interested to see if this was the same for you is in my um business now like when we first made steps to go like, all right, we've got to get a bigger place. We've got to put on more staff. Um, you know, I've got this this studio and when I first walked in here, it was really only me that was working and I had, you know, some contractors and stuff. And I was like, this is embarrassing. Like I'm the only person in this fucking massive building. How is it going to work? Mm. You fast forward like three months later and it's full. It's full. Yeah. And it's almost like I'm interested in, in a business. It's like, you nearly need to take the leap, then grow into it. Yeah. Because I don't think if I had have done that, I wouldn't have yep. then got more people here. Yep, definitely. So it's like the word, the word vision, I suppose. Yeah. Like you know, you got people like, and you don't need everyone to know. Like, you don't need everyone to see that vision that you see. But, um, like I, I feel like you've got to have, um, I suppose resilience and and um, know the big picture and also take you know try to sort of obviously you listen to people but mm. you try not to let the negative because you can tell some people who are constantly negative when you ask for advice and um the ones that are po- really positive so you need to try to find that happy medium but mm. um no doubt like as you said when you you, know, you you took on this big office and you're like wow this is big office now i've got to fill people but i feel like if you have that gro- that plan um and that growth plan um then you take the punt but you obviously need to plan you need to know that there's a business in place that um that will allow you to grow and in terms of when you know when to do that um again like if you see your trends if you're doing it your, your, your um if you if you've got your data all in order and you're getting people report and you're seeing your growth and you're graphing it well then you can make those decisions forward thinking and we just opportunities everything and mm. you know they say never waste a good crisis the pandemic was a crisis a lot of businesses went through some hardship you don't like to prey on the vulnerable, but um, but obviously there was for us there was a lot of businesses out there that were looking to transact and get out, mm. um, and thankfully we had some parts of the business that went really well during the pandemic. We had some parts that were really hurt, but thankfully the ones that went really well sort of took out the like they took care of the ones that weren't going well, and that gave us a chance to to push ahead. And we've been really aggressive during um, COVID, and um, it's given a lot of people opportunity. So. I think we've got, you know, we've got, um, there's, you know, five core partners in the business, but we've got, I think, 16 ex-staff who are still staff but have equity in venues and awesome. and all that, which is great. And that sort of, you know, helps, you know, many, many hands make light work. So that's really helped us keep going. And I feel like, you know, you're being humble there, but I think a big part of that from reading um, one, you know, business management back in year 11 is you're like sort of empowering 
people that come into the business to then own their own business too, which I can imagine is very motivating for them to do well. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like owning your own business, you know, that empowerment is really important. And um, you try to make sure that people, yeah, that the staff that you, you try to get involved become equity partners. You, yep. you try to say, look, if you come on board, you've got this model that's been going now for eight years. There's some, you can have faith in this. And so you try to make sure their lifestyle, you know, you look at, you, 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 you know, you work to live, not live to work. Um, and I think when you, you try to, tell that story to your staff and we're truly trying like of course there's days when you like feel like all you do is work and the staff would feel that but um the ones that you sort of bring into the business um you know you, you want to make sure that they're the same values as i said to you and um and, and they get that, that ownership mm. you know and they get to learn a lot you know they get to see the whole back end of the business you know where normal staff wouldn't because probably not you know not there not in their um not for their interest but um, yeah, all the new all the new people we've brought involved in business have learnt a lot, and and learning is important. You know, like I feel like if you're not, um, you know, if you're not growing, you're dead, kind of thing. And if you're not going to work every day to get to get better and get something out of it, then what's the sort of point? So, and as you know, deal like obviously, you know, everyone wants got a lifestyle goal, and um, everyone's got a lifestyle goal or, or, or a lifestyle they they want to live mm-hmm. and money is an important ingredient of that and if you're going to go to work and work your ass off you need to be paid accordingly and that means you can love your good life you know have a great lifestyle i think and you don't need money to have a good lifestyle people have got different you know different um ideas of that but my point is a lot of the people who are in business um you want to have that reward because it's so stressful um and we're very process driven we don't like do things for the you know money is a byproduct of a, of um is a is one of the many byproducts of um of a, a, a good business or a bad business, losing money or making money. I try to make sure that as a business, we always are motivated by looking at things above the line, not just focused on the bottom line, because mm-hmm. then I just feel like you're not, you know, it's process v, out, v outcome. And um, I just try to make sure as a group, all the staff, we just look at the cost of goods every week, the labor benchmark every week, all of our deals. You look at every single metric before you start worrying about the result, mm-hmm. because if you start getting the results, it's a bit, I don't know. I don't like that. I don't like that. So anyway, but that's probably going down another rabbit hole no, in there. But so sort of try to be results. Try to be really um, process driven rather than result driven. I think it's really important in anything in your life. I reckon for sure. I'm going through that at the moment. I feel like I've always been process driven, but when you know stress builds and your business builds, you start going, "Oh fuck!" Like let's think about this. Yeah. And as soon as you do start thinking about you know the profits or whatever it is, it's like money is fluid. It comes and goes. Yeah. And the more you think about it. I feel like the less it comes. I so agree. I just go yeah. like, I'm not going to fucking even stress about that. That's just, just let it do its thing and it'll yeah. work out. Probably a bit like you, Matt, like you're looking fantastic. You're like walked in and you're yeah. looking uh, like a, fi- you're like a fine wine, mate. You're looking better with age. Mate, you've been training for a, a marathon. For a marathon. Oh, don't so worry. They you know, know that's a different thing, but yeah. obviously you're just, you know, ticking the boxes. You're not focused on the marathon or focus on, yeah. on sort of tick. You know, well, I have severe anxiety about the marathon as well. No, it's process. It's the uh, weekend. That, that's it. I've just got to get through my mate's but, but you're party right this out, weekend. <laughs> and then really? the who's, who's that? Oh, no. So, yeah. So, I agree though. Like looking at that, the, the, like it's, I don't like that, the, um, the idea of just looking at the, uh, and the money part of it. And, I think that sort of um, makes you not enjoy it as mm. well. Like yeah, it really stressful. does make you not, not enjoy it. Like I feel like you should go and have fun and Very make sure cool, you have yeah. everyone's having fun, enjoying yeah. each other's company. I love who I work with. Yeah. I'm sure you do too. Yeah. I enjoy hanging out with them. They're like my mate. You know, like so many of my great friends are at work, you know. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, there's many parts to it. There is. No, definitely. We we you know were saying this morning, fuck, how lucky are we just come in here, chill out, and, and talk shit. It's awesome. The um one part I really want to talk about your business is the most exciting part, and I, I feel like I know why it's so successful, but. Your model of business, like, you know, you've got cafes, none of the same cafes. They're all different. They've all got their own niche. Yeah. Um, but obviously in Melbourne, especially, um, it's probably widely known as the, the mecca of coffee and breakfast in, in, in the world. Yeah. And, and you at the center of that. Why do you think it's so successful? Um, you know, playing good music, you know, great staff, people who want to be there is really important. Being really aware of how people are feeling, mm. you know, um, great food, great coffee, of course. Um, but the intangibles, all the little bits and pieces, you know, we talked about toilets before, you know, just yeah. making sure every, everything is considered is, I think we're good at considering everything. I've heard you sort of speak about, and I don't know if we spoke about this in the past, but the reason as well, just with um, your venues and, and what you've been able to create goes so well in Melbourne is, and we had Nick Stone on the podcast last, uh, yeah, early in the year, yeah. who is just an incredible guy. And, you know, his model that he's been able to do with Bluestone Lane in the US is unbelievable. Awesome, yeah. He's got, you know, his chain, uh, chains going up against Starbucks. And I think you've both mentioned, like, in, in Australia, that just doesn't work here because of, you know, we, we want to feel like we're in a bit more of a cafe mm. that's just a one-out type situation. Yeah, independent. Yeah. The independent sort of... Um, I think, I think it just I feel like Australians are a bit more sophisticated. Yeah. Like... Um, yeah, this, oh, I don't know. I feel like we support, uh, we just like to support independent brands. Mm. And um, that's why that we, we have different names for all our, our, all our venues, except for the Juliet's. Yep. But Juliet's is a bit, the Juliet store is a bit different. And they have like 100% the same everything, yep. like in terms of- So the Juliet's are a bakery and coffee yep. shop. So it's an it's a, yeah, espresso bar and, and yep. bakery and yep. you know, baked goods. So um, but yeah, Nick Stone's done a great job over there and, um, you know, tough market as well and scary as well. Like he's taken Maybe. out, you know, you try to keep things as predictable as possible in business and he's gone over, he's gone to the States, probably wouldn't have known anyone when he first started and, and he's got however many stores, what, 50 or 60 stores now more. Probably more now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, anyway, but it's so unbelievable. Yeah, so we've had some, I've actually, I played a game of footy once against Nick years and years ago when I played, I was playing a game for St. Kevin's Old was Boys. He was playing for Collegian. Okay, so yeah. he wouldn't remember probably, but um, it was a long time ago, but that was the first time I knew of him. And then obviously um, Tony Pantano was a GM of theirs um, the West Village store years yep. ago. Um, and so I've, I've kept, you know, Nick and I've kept in touch a little bit over email through Tony. And we've had some staff from here go to, Nick's, to, to um, Bluestone. We've had some Bluestone staff come to us. So there's been this unofficial sort of mm. exchange happening over the last few years and um but he's done an amazing job and um and yeah but keeping for us keeping independent um it has been a really important part and and opening the suburbs you know we like to focus on old milk bars you know where you know milk bars aren't really surviving anymore mm. but they're all in convenient locations they're like convenience stores so that's sort of way the angle we're going and they look independent they feel independent they are independent of course but having unique names um has been as an been an important recipe with that it's like and again this is a probably a private question i'm not sure on, on your business model but do you do like when you try and find these venues are you trying to purchase the properties as well yeah where we can so they're obviously it's very, like the mcdonald's it's, model yeah the founder yeah. exactly yeah. yeah so there's a bit of that so you, yeah, there's a that's seen in the founder where he yeah. goes you know you're not in the food business you're in the real Proper, estate yeah. business yeah yeah um so yeah we've we've bought um you know maybe of the you know 30 odd stores we've opened we probably bought five or six of them um and yeah so we buy the, the freehold vacant possession um and then do the fit out lease it back to ourselves um on a long-term lease 
um, jack the rent a little bit, and then we try to sell the the freehold on a on a on a jacked rent on a on a really sharp yield, um, and then we keep the business. And uh, the idea is sort of to try to buy, you know, get the business for nothing. I suppose is the is the idea. Um, that's worked really well for us. Near the milk bar st- milk bar um, scenarios, which we we. we um, we look at because milk bars are typically dilapidated. They're all really old buildings, and um, you know we were to at highest and best use internally. So we try to find that you know rundown shit box and then um, a diamond in the rough, I suppose. So yeah, we definitely try. We try to buy as much as we can the freehold, but it's also capital intensive. So we we always weigh up: do we buy the freehold or do we? try to open four stores that and lease them you know which can you know, helps cash flow and all that so it's just it was a balancing act unbelievable you've got the two businesses so you've got uh, only hospitality group which is all your you know bars cafes and then you've got Inglewood roasters yep why are they separate which came first and how do they service each other so yeah only hospitality group is just basically just a branding exercise to, to, to yep you know, give our staff more importantly a sense of belonging. They're part of the only hospitality group umbrella, um, but that doesn't act, doesn't actually trade or anything. So all the venues are separate entities, um, and we've also Electric Sunday, which is our in-house design agency. Nice. So um, which does all photography, videography, um, social media, PR. So we take care of that all internally because I'm sick of this whole, this whole VFL. Uh, Star um, yeah. angles. I'll be handling our own <laughs> PR now because I'm sick of that crap. The um, the, the, the misleading um the misleading angle. So yeah. so yeah. So Electric Sunday Inglewood and Only Hospitality Group. Inglewood came about six doors in. We started roasting for our venues only, and then went out to wholesale. Yep. The reason we have a separate name is because we're obviously supplying what a lot of people would consider our competitors. You know, so we supply about 120 cafes in Melbourne and um, Melbourne, Sydney, Queensland. Uh, New South Wales, Queensland. Um, and so, yeah, so it's just an important way to sort of separate from our cafe group because we want our wholesale customers to feel like we're competing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so obviously vertical, vertical integration is the, is the idea. Um, we use so much so much photography and videogra- videography and PR and all that that it makes sense to do it in-house. So rather than go, you know, go external, hire the staff within, make sure you've, you load them up with enough work, uh, and then we've tried to do some external work as well for our wholesale customers. So um, it's obviously brought down our cost base for coffee, for example. We buy our great, we buy the coffee green from overseas, roasted in house. Um, and as you said before, similar to you, we um, went from a 400 square meter site to a 3,000 square meter site wow. three months ago. And it was the same deal. You walk in this big giant shed, and you go, "Well, we got to fill this place down. We got to, you know, up the ante on you know, with rev and profit to make sure you know the rent went from thirty grand to two hundred thousand um, a year." Um, but it's funny, you know, when you make those decisions and you believe in your process and your plan, it happens quicker than you think. Um, so yeah, so that's that's been really good. Our new headquarters is great, um, and Inglewood's been fantastic. I, to be honest, at the start, I didn't really want to do roast coffee, um, and thankfully for Corey Slater, um, my partner at Inglewood and, and his partner in the venues as well, um, he was a barista. Mm. Um, you know, you talk about this empowerment. Like you know, he started on you know minimum wage as a barista, and he's now flying, and he's going really well, and um, believed he just believes in us, and he's he's going so well. And so I'm he so happy he for him. worked for you. Now he's the bringing in the beans. He's and the head, it all. He's the head green bean buyer. Wow. Basically, C, like CEO of England. Where do you buy them from? All over the world, Central America, wow. Africa. Yeah, so a lot of Brazilian coffees, Colombians. Um, Rwandans, everything. Ethiopian coffees. Ethiopian coffees are my favourite. Yeah. Um, 
uh, all over the world, honestly. We, we buy some direct, but um, we use a lot of brokers. Brokers obviously have the best relationships on the ground over there, but um, green bean brokers, they're called. Um, yeah, so it's not as difficult as you, as you think. It honestly isn't. Like, it, it sounds like, <laughs> like how do you buy coffee overseas? But it's not as hard as you think. You go on Google, you'll probably be able to, be able to buy them <laughs> yourself. Oh, I'll so. sell beans, all right. <laughs> yeah. Dylan Friends Coffee, it's coming soon. Um, <laughs> mate, your best part of business now, you know, you've been doing this for 10, 15 years. How long have, have you been? Been in business since 2000. Yeah. Oh, the venue since 2012. Yeah. But had the coffee carts for a couple of years before that. But yeah. yeah. That's about 10 years. It's nine it years. That's oh, nine yeah. years, yeah. That is yeah. shit. Okay, there you go. you got 10 years next year. Sorry, yep, it is. It's exciting. Um, what would you say, like, do's and don'ts, biggest fuck-ups, biggest learnings? Is there anything out there that's just common that you think that you'd pass on to someone looking to start a business now? Uh-huh. Maybe give us, like, early days and then something to that might be later on in a business uh, as the well. do's? Um, when you, I think it's a young, like, starting a new business is a young person's game, I think. Well, not, it shouldn't be... Uh, Generalized, but I feel like when you when you're younger and you've got less over like less um you know liabilities or you responsibilities. Yeah, you don't have a mortgage. You've got these. You can no fuck kids. up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. It's mm. Exactly right. You can fail fast and and with minimal damage. So I look at my footy careers. It's sort of just like you know I didn't really have that much laying me back. And oh, just, you're, you're selling yourself short. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that fail, but failing fast is important. So I think uh, you know just have a crack early and don't think there's so many people out there who I know that are starting to open cafes. They just take too long. Yes, it's like you know if you're if 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 you don't if you look if you um. If you, what's what I say? They, they say um, if you start, I know what you're saying. If you, if you started, if you're not, if you're not embarrassed, you started too late. That's, that's exactly. If you're not yeah. embarrassed on day one, yeah, you like started that. too late. Yeah. You launched too late. We open our venues so like under the pump and like there's so much work to do. Yeah. But you're better off just get open and then sort out, Work it back out. your people in yeah. to to be problem solvers on the fly. Yeah. Um, just stop procrastinating. That's, so that's, that, that's a big procrastination's one. Procrastination's a big one. So like 99 of people procrastinate. Just be part of the one percent and just just do it. Just on that as well. Not that you know I'm comparing my podcast to your business but when I started the show it was the biggest thing I'd procrastinated for probably a year then I was like you know what fuck this I'm just going to start and I was in the same position as what I was a year before like nothing had changed and now people always you know ask for um, advice which I absolutely love when people want to start podcasts because people say it's flooded it's not flooded at all it's like cafes they're not flooded if you make a good one it'll go well totally like you you just keep going it's it's flooded for a reason because they're good product yep I like it anyway he uh, people say you know they go oh I've got this really good idea just waiting on a few things like I've got to do this research got to have a few practices I'm like man just fucking start it like honestly you can do it on your laptop you can record anything because you're going to hate whatever business it is you're going to hate your first six months of it you're going to look back and go that was so embarrassing yeah like i I, every day i look back at my catalog and i go let me delete those first 10 episodes yeah like they are fucked yeah that's it like i think um people spend too much time on their business plan Mm. it's like i didn't have one of those (laughs) neither did i but that's the thing that's exactly my point neither did i like you make it up later really don't you yeah just make up the fly and and listen to the right like listen to advice so people are giving you advice and they've been there and done it like they've actually done what you want to do Mm -hmm. listen and don't think you know better like some people know the amount of time i help like i've had people reach out in cafes and they go what do you like how do you do how do you keep your numbers your cost of goods like or, or like how do you report your numbers i'll show them how you report literally bring me i've brought some people into our office and show them our back end just out of the you know good my yeah. heart to help and i'll get back in touch three months later they have not um actioned anything and it's like why did you reach out like why did you reach out for help and get the help you needed but didn't listen like, mm. like time waste that's a time waster and 
So don't be one of those people, I would say. Like, and that's, to be honest, that's 99% of people. They just don't want to listen and don't want to action anything. So just action action the advice you get if it's you know it's good. Stop being lazy. Stop yeah, procrastinating. So that's a, that's a massive don't and do, I suppose. Have you got any other plans for any other like scaling, any more verticals through your businesses? Have you, do you want to move into something else or um, do you feel like there's a gap in the market at the moment that you're yeah, you're well, yeah we've about? got a few things coming up. We've um, saw you drinking some soy milk before. Um, we've got a hazelnut milk coming to the market very soon, soy. which would be- Hazelnut milk? Yeah, hazelnut milk. Is that new? Because is, is it true hazel. almonds are like really hard to get now? Almond milk? Um, almond milk? Yeah, almond milk. No, we've got some stock. I don't think we have okay. any issues with almond milk. Or actual almonds? Almonds? I don't know. I haven't heard that. I'll ask the, I'll ask the yeah. roastery. Well, I think maybe we distribute like- alternative milk. So, yeah, it's, I think we distribute okay. alternative milks, a lot of it. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah, your soy milk, you know, almond, uh, oat, all that stuff. So, hazelnut. We've got a hazelnut brand, uh, hazelnut milk. I haven't had a hazelnut called milk. Hazel. It's called Hazel. Look out for that. So that's one thing that we've got coming up. Sort of makes sense, doesn't we're, it? We're, pro- we're investing in the um, order at the table space. Um, so that tech, we've got a, a, tech, a tech coming out. An app guy now. Yeah, it's, um, it's exciting. I won't say too much about it, but it's, it is coming. So we're doing a JV with someone on that, which is Ooh, really exciting. It, yeah. Um, but yeah, so a couple of things. Just, just head down. Just trying to, We're trying to acquire some sites. Trying to, I think, open four or five before Christmas. So we've yeah. got a bit of work on, on our plate at the minute. But um, yeah, it's exciting. And it probably leads into the next question. It might even be the same one, but what's next? Is there anything for you, even work, personal life? Um, I know we're going to go play some golf together soon. Yes, we are. We'll have a hit You're for sure. confirming that on the- Yeah, this, yeah. let's do it. No, lock it in. You're going on Monday anyway. But yeah, no, we're definitely yeah. booking in. And we're getting the helicopter. I, I, Oh, here you, we go. So did, you, you say, yeah. did you say that? You remember at, uh, at Cathedral and you were telling me that you're going to take me on the helicopter there. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah, I'll ta- yeah, I'll, yeah. yeah, we'll go. On yeah, the helicopter. Get, yeah, 100% we'll do it. On the helicopter. Yeah, let's do it. Done. Fantastic. It's yeah, on record. Yeah, the top record now. <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely. Let's do it. Um, I'd love to play more golf. Um, I haven't played much golf at all. Um, what are you playing off at the moment? Oh, I'm slipping. Really? I was off 7.8 at one point and now yeah. I'm off. Or 7.9. Now I'm off. 13 hitting them like I'm off 30 I suck yeah okay. so I need to get some well, I, I do hit them off 30 at the moment well yeah good yeah win some comps that's good oh, I'm, I'm just no good you need to practice it's too hard of a sport to roll up to the first tee and I, I just you know what I mean like you yeah. wipe the first four holes but yeah. um, what's next as well so um, just yeah as like I said um, got some venues opening up before Christmas so we just focused on that really um, and, um, and and looking at more pubs really like the pub um the, the hotel column has gone really well and mm. so yeah other than that though mate just head down bum up um just keep focused and keep trying to you know get more people more great people involved in the business and and um, I, i'm a team sport person i like, te- I like the idea of team having good people around me so just keep having fun with and being really choosy about who who's um on that on the journey with us so yeah Awesome, mate. You're doing an incredible job. Thanks, it's been, Phil. honestly, so you, yeah, real blessing to, to know you from back in the day to now. It's been unreal. And, and, and in all honesty, it has been a very uh, big inspiration to me for what I'm doing. It's, you know, just to see someone that just, like, puts their head down, fucking churns it out and, Thanks, and, and hustles. So, um, Likewise to you, mate. It's good to see you yeah. fly, mate. Everyone talks about how well you're going um, with the podcast and the business. So, you know, congratulations to you, mate. You've been awesome. And um, yeah. it's I don't very, like, very, I don't, very, very I don't, good to come here and see what like you're doing. compliments. I was giving one to you and I wasn't finished. So. <laughs> I was, I was still going with it. Congratulations to you. And uh, look forward to getting to uh, one of the venues soon. They're all over Melbourne. You can't, you know, mistake them. We'll have them all in the show notes. We'll have them in the intros. But looking forward to having a beer um, looking forward very to soon. No worries. Thank you for having me. And, um, you know, if any um, any uh, uh, 
clothing brands um, are looking for someone to model. I reckon they should get in touch with Dylan. Oh, I don't. He's looking fantastic. He's got the, the beautiful blue eyes. You're looking trim. You're, like looking, the, you're looking great, mate. You're like a, you really are like a I'm fine line, sort mate. of peaking a little bit. You've de-aged, so I'm looking for... I need some tips off, well, off the know, air about that. Do you know what's a big thing I've learned lately? Is I've had long hair my whole life, and I, I said this in a few weeks ago. I was always really worried about my hair, and I was like, fuck, I'm losing my hair. Like, I'm going to grow it longer. And you know you grow it long. It's the worst thing you can That's do. That's the worst thing. It's you can the do. stupidest thing you can do. Yeah. Just cut, cut it, it short. Cut it short, and cut <laughs> it shorter. Bane is here, and I was like, "Fuck! I'm just gonna you know shave my head," which was for you know my mate um, who had some some treatment. Yep. And now I'm just hot. No, yeah. you're looking good. Oh, <laughs> so I'm just gonna just keep going. You're looking really good. No, good stuff, mate. Thank Thanks you so much. And had a lot of fun. So thank you. If that wasn't enough for you and you want even more, you're in luck. Dylan Friends is now on Patreon. Dylan Best Friends. If you'd like to learn more, you can head to patreon.com forward slash Dylan Friends, or you can head to the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends podcast. If you like the show, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, leave a review, or even share with your friends. The show is produced by myself and Sam Bonza. Damon Jackman from Creative Edge Films is responsible for audio and visual production. The show is recorded at the Dylan Friends studio in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to get in touch or suggest a guest or advertise with the Dylan Friends podcast, please email us at inquiries at dylanfriends.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.